Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks, Season 3, Part 15. Today's episode does something a little different. We're combining the out-of-town scenes that we're going to discuss, those that take place outside of Twin Peaks, with a scene or a sequence that does take place inside Twin Peaks. Uh, That's a time limitation thing. There isn't much that happens in the other locations of this episode. There's no South Dakota at all, and the Mr. C stuff is mostly to do with mythology, so we're saving it for that episode. I wanted to include the first, chronologically, of the Twin Peaks stories involved in this episode, uh, meaning that which was introduced the earliest, and that would be Ed and Norma in the pilot. So we're going to end this with a nice focus on them before we move on to uh, the sadder stuff that's happening in town. For the FBI in South Dakota, we have no scenes this week. Mr. C, we get one big, long sequence. Uh, Very, you know, important scene where Evo Cooper, the doppelganger, call him what you will, he drives up to a convenience store. He goes inside. We'll cover more of this in the lodge lore section, but basically he goes to see Jeffries, who's uh, a giant tea kettle. <laughs> Lynch says he's not a tea kettle, but damn it, he looks like a tea kettle. And somebody made a funny cartoon that I've already talked about, and I'll link it again in the show notes, because why not? Why not just link this as many times as I can? It's like an old 30s cartoon of, like, Jeffries blowing smoke out of his uh, little spout bouncing up and down with some old music playing so this is a pretty iconic scene he talks to jeffries he asks him about judy and then he's zapped out of the convenience store he is confronted by richard holding a gun on him and he finds out who richard is and then he disarms him punches him but brings him into the car with him come on let's go and they drive away together in las vegas for dougie we have nothing in the office We have one scene in the domestic sphere for his home life where Janie E. gives Dougie Cooper some cake. He plays with a remote and turns on Sunset Boulevard on the TV. And I think anybody who knows the film Sunset Boulevard and certainly knows Twin Peaks' connection to it knew what was coming when we saw this part. Cecil B. DeMille, the famous film director, is saying goodbye to Norma Desmond, the character played by Gloria Swanson. And as he watches her grow off, he says, Call Gordon Cole. And this jolts Dougie Cooper. He has a moment of extreme recognition, pauses it, stares at the TV, looks down at an outlet on the wall, and then gets on his hands and knees with his fork and crawls towards it. And it's a great Lynch scene of comic dread. We know what's coming. We don't want it to come, but goddammit, it's going to come. Sure enough, he walks up. He's sticking his, the little prongs of the fork in the socket. Nothing's happening. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't going to work. Then he slowly flips it around and shoves it in there and gets electrocuted and burns out all the lights in the house. Who knows what's going to happen to him? What did we just see? We don't know. Uh, There's no debt storyline this week. The assassination plot continues this week as Chantel and Hutch finally arrive in Las Vegas at their destination. Chantel shoots Duncan Todd, and she shoots Roger, and she has to go back and finish Roger off. And that's it for these characters who've been sitting there all season trying to do their job and never were able to do it. They're gone. So now it's up to Chantal and Hutch to kill Cooper themselves. And we see them sitting outside having a couple burgers. And she talks about how much she likes torturing people. And I know at the time I was getting worried. A lot of people were getting worried like, okay, what's going to happen here? Who are they going to torture? They haven't tortured anyone yet. Oh no, what's coming? The search for Dougie continues with the agents Headley and Wilson. Headley is told that they, Doug and Jane have been found. He asks, well, okay, what's, uh, how are they doing? And they said, oh, well, the kids are upset. And he goes, kids? And uh, Wilson realizes his mistake and walks away as quickly as he can. And Headley starts screaming for him when he sees, sure enough, this is totally the wrong family. They found another Dougie and Janie with like four kids 
who don't look anything like the ones they're looking for. There's nothing with the Mitchums this week, and there's also nothing with the Great Northern. Key, I mean, the key that Jade sent. For the other characters in Twin Peaks, uh, Jacoby's storyline continues because we see Nadine carrying his golden shovel as she walks to Big Ed's gas farm down the highway on a sunny morning. And when she reaches there, she tells Ed that she's been selfish, she needs to let him go, and she credits this epiphany to Dr. Amp. Says he's the only one that makes any sense around here. And I think there may be a little hint or an inkling that maybe she's going to end up with him, which would be nice, you know, giving up Ed and finding somebody that is a better match or something. I I don't know. It's possible. We'll see in season four. For the Ed and Norma storyline, that builds right out of this because when Nadine tells Ed he's free, he doesn't believe her at first. You know, he's just gentle with her. He's had this experience before, but as she continues to talk, he realizes this is it. This is the real thing. After, uh let's see, 50 years, I think, because they were teenagers when they got together, more or less. You know, it depends which version of the chronology you believe. After possibly half a century of false starts and false hopes and moments where it seemed to come together and long passages where it seemed like it never would, all of a sudden, just in an instant, in the blink of an eye, he's, he's set free. And that was something that was a little jarring to me at the time watching the scene. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Let me just kind of sum up the rest of what happens here. So Ed goes to the Double R Diner. He charges in. He's all excited to see Norma. And she kind of almost brushes him off as Walter comes in. She talks to Walter for a little bit. Ed goes and sits at the counters, very morose. He orders a coffee from Shelley and then mutters to himself and a cyanide pill. But we see him sitting there closing his eyes. And a lot of people have talked about how it almost looks like he's meditating and willing the conclusion he wants. So as Walter storms out, Norma comes back to him and they embrace and he asks her to marry him and she says yes and Shelley watches just grinning and it's just this joyous, uncomplicatedly happy scene with Otis Redding playing on the soundtrack. So I found this a little hard to take on my first viewing actually. I I wanted to love it but it just, it was so, it felt so sudden in a weird way, even though this has been going on for, you know, 25, 30 years. The actual resolution of it came so quickly that I was kind of taken aback, and it felt like it didn't, it didn't quite feel real to me. I didn't know what to make of it in that sense. I like it more now. I don't think I've ever been as crazy about it as other people are. Like some people, this is like their favorite scene of the return, but I appreciate it more now, and I'm able to get more out of it. And I think Part of what I like about it is, at this point now, is that abruptness, that idea that suddenly this release after so long, there's just something, you almost can't believe it, you know, if you've been through this so many times. It's like the breaking of spring after a really, really long winter, and you just kind of look around and you're like, well, it can't be spring now. I've been through this but no, this time it's real. It's like Ed's been let out of prison all of a sudden. He's dizzy almost. There's a real strength to that. For the Double R franchise story, uh, we have Norma sitting down with Walter. Ed thinks that she's, you know, chosen Walter over him or something, which he just can't make any sense of. And how could he? It makes no sense. It can't be. We know it can't be. But as she sits there with Walter, she tells Walter it's actually a business conversation. She wants him to buy out the other franchises. She's happy to keep the flagship. And he's just stunned. Like, you can tell he thinks maybe he's overplayed his hand the other day, being a little pushy about, oh, just change your pies. Like, he just got too confident in, in his posture, and he can't make sense of this. As a businessman, he thinks it's all about, you know, you do that, you have success, and there you are, you've won, you get your prize or whatever. And Norma's not into that. And he uh, uh, gives her an ominous 
goodbye says something like I knew that you, you know you're making a mistake and I think you're gonna find out about it soon or something like that and it's just a strange way to leave off the scene it's a hanging moment in a plot line that otherwise just seems all totally resolved Ed and Norma are together happily ever after she's got her diner back she's not gonna be doing bills anymore done but they left themselves a little note there if they ever decide to continue Twin Peaks we could now have Ed and Norma as a united front but he could somehow be angling for her restaurant trying to find some way to get this flagship really as revenge for a broken heart because he doesn't need it it's actually the least successful of the restaurants which he now owns outright but clearly this was a wound to his pride that's it for this episode please rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. you can support this work on patreon.com slash lost in the movies Tomorrow we continue with the Twin Peaks scenes, what's going on in the town. We'll look at it storyline by storyline. See you then.